Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. While he does not look it, my guest today has spent over 30 years in the beauty and wellness business, although I don't think we used the word wellness 30 years ago. He led marketing teams at Unilever and L'Oreal. He was the CMO of Burt's Bees and then served as president of Bliss, which is where I met you, before venturing out to found Hear Me Raw. I love saying that name. A new skincare brand that is clean, natural, vegan, gluten-free, cruelty-free, packaged sustainably, and it's also very effective. Welcome, Mike Endersky, to Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I can't wait to drink the martinis. <laughs> I know. it's a. I, you don't have to drink martinis to, to be on the podcast, um, oh. but it's really a euphemism for having fun, which I know you like to do. Right. It's not mandatory, but strongly encouraged is what you're saying. It's strongly encouraged. Yeah. I haven't had, a, I haven't actually recorded a podcast with a martini in my hand, but someone suggested I might want to try it. So <laughs> we're not live. So we record these things in advance. So I guess if it's a disaster, it would be okay. Exactly. So I have a long list of things I want to ask from this wonderful new skincare line that you've created to being a startup in a pandemic. But first, first, can you tell our listeners where you're from? I am from the Bronx, New York, and so proud of it. You don't really have a Bronx accent, though. No, I had a teacher who, who beat it out of us. Uh, <laughs> if you would say coffee, she would say, coffee? Where's the W in coffee? Where do you see a W in coffee? And then, she, you know, or a hot dog. So we, we got, we knocked that, she knocked it out of us. So now it's just coffee and hot dog. <laughs> So, so why hear me raw and why now? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, there's really two questions there. I, first is why, why do your own thing? And then why did you choose to do hear me raw? And I think that for me, you know, there comes a point in your life where you have to do your own thing. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of younger people are doing it much early on. They're doing it in their twenties they're doing it in their teens and doing their thirties. Some of us, it takes a little bit longer and I've always had that entrepreneurial drive. I always want to do my own thing. But I got such satisfaction in developing companies, developing brands, developing businesses that I felt I was kind of doing it. And then after we sold Bliss, I said, if there was ever a time to, to start my own company, now's the time. So I chose now to do it. And I'm fortunate that I've got the, the resources. I certainly have the passion. Uh to, to do something which I hope is going to be great and something that's going to help change the world and change lives and that's going to be completely fulfilling to me. So that's that's the the entrepreneurial part. Why hear me raw? Uh, interestingly, I didn't choose to go back into beauty. I was actually looking at a bunch of different things. And when I looked at the business, what shocked me is after 30 years, it's more the same than it's different. I mean, we're still selling ingredients that shouldn't go on your skin, impacting which isn't sustainable, making claims you can't keep for prices that are too high on SKUs you don't need. And it's only getting worse. And I, I said, 
we, we need to change the industry because the industry is about honoring women. And what we're doing is we're disrespecting women, you know, by, by making them believe that they need 35 products to look good to by giving them synthetic ingredients, which shouldn't go anywhere near their skin. So I saw the frustration. There was like a real, you can see there was a frustration and that's where the idea of hear me raw came from. Uh, so it's like, hear me roar clearly. And then I want something that was raw, powerful, natural. And by natural, it's not just clean, but it's vegan and gluten-free and cruelty-free and petroleum-free and paraben-free, cruelty-free, worry-free, sustainable. And uh, our product is uh, uses a reusable glass jar and lid and a refillable recycled, uh, a recyclable refill pot, pardon me. And with that, we use about 90% less packaging material than other um, skincare brands. And we have a much lower carbon footprint because you have to remake all those jars because the refills are smaller and so forth. And um, it's also powerful. You feel it working right away. You see it working right away. And it's also about doing good. Uh, We've done everything from work with Global Citizen, Women's March, NAACP. We donated about 15,000 masks to uh, frontline workers around the country, primarily in in, uh, harder hit areas and lower socioeconomic areas. Uh, and that has to be part of the equation. Um, and that just wasn't happening. You know, we don't want to be a company that says, well, here, here's the good thing we're doing. For us, it's just ingrained in, in our, the ethos of the brand. So there's a little bit of activism in there. Complete, complete activism. Absolutely. And we're not, we're not scared to, to go on a limb. We were very vocal during the election, not about people, but about issues. And we posted every single day some type of voting post about the importance of being united to uh, women's rights and equal rights, environmental rights, how important those were. And, you know, marking 101 tells you don't get political. And our attitude was that we wouldn't be ourselves. It's really interesting that you bring that up because like yourself, we've both been out there in the business world a long time. And... Things that brands are doing now, like yourself, to get behind causes are things that what just would have never happened even five years ago. There'd be some brands that would do it, but not a whole lot, certainly not 10 years ago. Do you think that's something that's going to continue to stay? Oh, it has to. I think that people are looking to see what else you're doing in the world. And um, you know, what, what you used to be able to pass, I mean, a lot of brands used to do nothing. Now some say, well, what, what, what cause should we go after? And they, they have meetings, discuss what cause they should go. For me, it should be pretty simple. What's your ethos? And, you know, therefore what makes the most sense? I mean, we partnered with Global Citizen before we even launched the brand. Uh, mm-hmm. I just thought that their, their verticals about women's rights, equal rights, environmental rights were completely uh, aligned with ours. And that's a company I wanted to work with. And we've been working with them for over a year right now. Uh, it's, it's just so important to us. Can you, um, I want to go back a little bit here because you talked about natural and clean. And like many things, I think that there's a lot of misinformation in the skincare industry. Could you talk about the difference what, between natural and clean? Because they sound like they should be synonymous, but I don't believe that they are. No, they're, they're not synonymous at all. Clean, it depends on the definition you look at. I, I, I will say that Almost everyone is trying to do the right thing, but unfortunately, not everyone is doing the right thing. Clean 
pretty much means there's nothing bad in it, right? Um, it doesn't mean that it works. It doesn't mean that it's natural. It doesn't mean that it's sustainable. It doesn't mean that it's pleasant to use. It just means that there's nothing bad in it. You know, if, if you go to a restaurant and you, you order a steak, can you tell me about the steak? Well, there's nothing bad in it. You know, it makes you a little bit suspect what really is in there. So, you know, for us, we had to create our own definition. And uh, natural was so important to us because we believe, and, you know, and a lot of people believe this, and that if it, that as creatures from nature, only things from nature should ever be put in or on your body. And if you put something on your skin, it's getting absorbed. And things like silicones and, and all these other synthetic ingredients, DMDM, hydantoin, and parabens, those should not be put on your body, especially when there's always natural alternatives. Um, so natural has to be an important part of, of beauty or clean beauty. And the other thing is sustainable. You know, we people think about nat clean as it relates to ingredients, but it has to relate to packaging too. Because how can you take from nature and poison it at the same time? How can you have packaging which is destructive to the planet and then try to get the goodness of the planet at the same time? It doesn't make sense. So to be clean, in my opinion, natural is one component, sustainable has to be the other component. Uh, and it's disingenuous if it's not. Now I'll go one step further. I don't think sustainability is just a clean issue or a beauty issue. There, there should not be a single manufacturer of anything who's not held responsible and accountable for the impact they're making on the environment for everything they sell. I don't care if it's pencils, beauty products, books, cars, whatever it is, everyone has to be accountable for it. And I look at everything. You know, if I go into a store or online and I look at the packaging and it, you know there's an environmentally better way to do this. And it's just a shame that companies aren't all doing it and they need to be held accountable. Do you think it's just a financial issue that they're not doing it because it's because it's cheaper to not think about that? Absolutely. It's that it's 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 always because it's cheaper or it looks better. And it's interesting. I just this guy said I just got um, this this box of tomatoes. I always get these tomatoes from Trader Joe's and it used to always come in this plastic clamshell, which I hated. And now they just changed the cardboard. And I, I want to write the CEO and saying, I know this was a hard decision. I know there's a lot of problems with this, but you're making an imposit- a positive, you know, improvement for the world. So congratulations. So I, I do need to reach out to him. This, but we, we need to look at everything with that lens now. No, I, 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 I agree 100 percent. I'm very conscious of my carbon footprint. Sometimes I'm sometimes I screw up, but I try and be I try and be good. So the other thing I want I want to ask you about is that one of the things that I noticed, which as someone who loves skincare, um, is that your products are multi-use. It's not that you have to buy five different bottles of something. So can you talk about that and why? And I, I'm also be curious why you went that route. Yeah, well. There's a couple of things. So when you work in a big company, you have, you have to innovate every year. You have to have come out with a new product. And sometimes it makes sense. You have a big opportunity or there's a, there's a whole segment which you haven't really addressed yet. But oftentimes these companies, it's just trying to find new ways to sell stuff. And it doesn't really benefit anybody. And it's confusing. You, know, you ask the average person, go into your beauty store of choice 
Can you make sense of all the choices there? Can you easily navigate through a store? It's impossible. And you don't need to have all these products. So, you know, all of a sudden it became in vogue to have the Korean 12, 18 or 21 step skincare program. (laughs) Who's got the time or money or patience to do that? Who says that is right? And quite honestly, I think it's kind of silly. You know, I never understood why you need a day cream, a night cream, an overnight cream. Uh, SPF aside, if you formulate it right, it should do all three. So we have one product I'm not looking to sell, but just as an example, called the Hydrator. It's a day cream, it's a night cream, and an overnight mask. And here's how it works. During the day, you put on a little bit. At night, you put on a little bit more. Overnight, you put on a lot more. I mean, it's simple. But why do you need three? And and part, part of the insight is a lot of people, a lot of women feel that their skin is special. And because their skin is special, I need a special routine. So you mean it's I not need into that. Like we're not all the same. We, I, my needs are different than your needs, which is which is true. Uh, but it doesn't mean you need to have three different products that all do the same thing. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it because I'm all about simplicity. So I think that that's a really um, that was a real cl- clever clever thing that you did. And you're selling all of this D to C, and for D, those who all direct to consumer, yeah. Thank you. I was going to say for those who don't know what D to C is, so it's all. Why go that route? Why? I mean, you've had so much experience in the retail market. I would think your connections are deep and wide. Uh, well, they, they are, and I, I one of the learnings I had from doing a startup is when you've got a good reputation, or at least in my case, a reputation, um, it opens doors but doesn't necessarily get you in, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I, you know, would have thought, oh, all the big retailers are going to want to take me. But it doesn't always work that way. Uh, but for us, it was also kind of practical. I think for us, we want to build the business. We want to understand, have a direct relationship with the people who are buying. We want to understand them. We want to learn. We want to build. And then when it makes sense, we'll go into retail. Uh, but right now, we're doing terrific. We're, we're you know, growing every day. The reviews are fantastic. Um, and you know, eventually we'll make the bigger jump up. But right now got, we're, we're quite happy. You've got you've got quite a nice following on um, Instagram for a relatively new brand. So I did the social media person and me checked all that out. Ah, thank you. I, I, I was I was impressed with that. Um, so I hear lipstick sales were down in the pandemic, but skincare is up. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely true because you're not. The you know, lipstick is 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 a very outward thing. You know, it's, it's a very catch your attention, look at me type of thing. Um, skincare is all about just wellness. It's, it's about taking care. You really take care of yourself. And with, you know, with the pandemic and people having to wear a mask outside and people are having that issue called mask knee, uh, where it, you know, is causing irritation, uh, acne, uh, breakouts or dryness and irritation. That was a real problem. People really take care of themselves. Um, so we actually have one of our products is called the clarifier and has French green clay and a bunch of other great things. And that's perfect for masking. You put that on for 10, 15 minutes and then rub it off or wash it off. Uh, if you rub it off, it flakes off and your skin just gets clarified right away. Um, and people need that. You can take care of your skin and we have a detoxifier also because you're exposed to a lot. You want to get this up out of your skin at the beginning of COVID it was more about, well, I'm home. I'll just have a, I'll just mask and I'll, you know, just take care of myself. It was more, it was more kind of indulgent. 
now is more necessity. Now that people think about skin health, and that's why uh, sales of skincare really went up and much greater than color cosmetics. Well, you can see, I mean, I, I, personally, I could see between wearing the masks and then also being inside all the time between the air conditioning and the heat, it just really does a number on your skin. Absolutely. And it's like, what's going on here? What can I do? To, what can I do to, to help it, to help it along? So I would imagine, like, how did you, you had a team that came up with the formulations. I know you, Mike, I, I, I know you're really good at a lot of things, but I, I don't think that you were the scientist who came up with the formulations. How, how did all that work? I'm That's where sure. you're wrong. I did I'm everything wrong? myself. No, <laughs> I, um, uh, I, I, I actually worked with a couple of people until I found someone who, who got the brand and got what we were trying to do and also understood me. Um, and you, know, you want to find someone who, who, who you work with well and not that you agree with on everything, but you can, you get, you get each other and you know each other and you challenge each other. And I found this person who is a godsend. Um, she understood it right away and she was coming up with ideas and innovations, uh, which were incredible. And some of the things that were important were we want to use raw natural ingredients. We wanted to, to maintain the, the properties of those ingredients as much as possible without it looking like, without it, looking like it was homemade mm-hmm. and not overly processed so it looks like the, uh, your classic high-end formula. So find that proper mix of raw and beautifully um, um, formulated. The other thing is we both believed that one ingredient doesn't do it all. You know, like all these products, you know, say, well, with this ingredient, which does all these things. The truth is one ingredient doesn't do all these things. And you need a panoply of ingredients, of really carefully selected ingredients that either work towards making the benefit you're going after uh, even even uh, more profound or complementing it. So in other words, if we if we use charcoal and Irish moss to help get stuff out of your skin to detoxify, we also have coconut oil to moisturize. Uh, on the flip side, on our Brightener product, uh, we have chlorophyll and spirulina and lactic acid and phytic acid and bakuchal, all which work to help cause a great chemical exfoliant and help get your skin younger looking and firmer and stuff. Uh, they all work together, but chlorophyll by itself wouldn't just do that because that's just a great oxygenator, but it's not going to get you the same type of uh, chemical sensation that a lactic acid or phytic acid will. So she got those things and, um, you know, we we've, we have a whole ethos on just what our formula needs to be. I love the name too. How did you get to that? Because it's hear me raw. You know, again, it's R A W, but mm-hmm. I want to. I feel like I want to growl or something whenever I say that. Um, it, it was actually I, I had a bunch of names I was playing with, and it wasn't getting the attitude I wanted. I, I just wanted real attitude, and I was working with a guy, a friend of mine, and he had like pages of ideas, and one page was. Um, hear me raw, see me raw, feel me raw. And I said, oh, no, it's, this isn't a list of a whole bunch. I said, no, hear me raw, that's it. You just see it. It was just sitting there. 
And I just took it and, and made that the name of, of the product right then and there. And interestingly, so I trademarked it. I have it. Thank God I was able to get it. And I'm at a big industry presentation. They're talking about trends for the upcoming year. And some of the trends were women are frustrated. Women are angry. And one of the slides says, women are saying, hear me roar. I'm just hiding my head, hoping no one sees a smile on my face because wow. I already got that name. Too late. <laughs> so I was very, very happy with that. No, I think it, I think it's great. So I, I found this quote of yours. I like to always do a little bit of research, um, even when I know who I'm speaking to. And I loved it. Building a brand is like building a house. It takes twice as much time and twice as much money. Yeah. Could you elaborate on that? It's such a great quote. Yeah, I, I think I was probably... It, it probably the answer is probably twice that. Yeah, you know, you you have a, an assumption in your head because you've 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 launched brands and you've launched businesses as part of a corporate structure. So you have you have an infrastructure there that exists. You have people who've done this a million times before. Now you're doing it by yourself, right? And you know your laptop going down for a day that just screws up everything. You know, um, and you realize how much you don't know. You know, it doesn't matter that you're president or vice president or whatever. You know, how some of these things work is crazy. And then sometimes you you burn through, as careful as I am, I didn't open up offices. I didn't hire staff right away. I outsourced everything. Even with that, you burn through cash so much faster than you think you do. And you have to look at your aspirations your forecasts, uh, you have to look at what you're willing to put in and make sure everything kind of lines up. But I, I would say easily this, this took me twice as long as I thought it would and at least twice as much money, if not more, than I thought it would cost. There you go, like most other things, right? Yeah. So you're, you're a small startup in a still small, I'm sure it won't stay small, but in an arguably crowded field. How, how do you break through the noise? Well, for, for one thing, it, it's having this you know, from, from a, what the brand stands for is this activist, unrepentant, you know, you know, laser focus on what's right and what's wrong, knowing that you're going to irritate some people and they're going to say, I, I'm not interested in you as a brand, but you know, have other people love you. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, the, you know, bell-shaped curve, mm-hmm. you know, and bell-shaped curve means like, you know, some people hate it, some people like it, but on average, everyone kind of likes it. Right. I believe in the U-shaped curve. I believe that people have half of you, half of them hate you and half of them love you. But the people who love you, love you. Right. Because if they just like you, they'll switch to someone else. It's like a relationship. You're dating someone, you like them, but you'll find someone you like better down the road. But if you love somebody, you, know, you want to stick with that person. And I, I believe that with brands. And I'd rather be a little bit more polar than to be trying to make everyone happy. And, and I and if you if you like what we have to say, great. And again, we we don't ever mm-hmm. assail people. We, we we do go after policy. You know, well, how, yeah. how, how important the environment is and stuff like that. And I'm not the least bit um you know uh, repentant about it. So that's one mm-hmm. way. But the product stands out. I mean these multi-purpose, you know, cleanser and mask in one, scrub and mask. Uh, spot treatment and mask, you know, day cream, night cream, overnight mask, our packaging system, which is, you know, with this refillable, right, recyclable refill pod. Second time I did that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a tongue just, twister. It's, all, it's all differentiating. 
I don't think there's any brand like us. No, I don't think there is either. And I kind of keep, I keep my eye out on those things. So I was thinking about what you were saying about the, the U-shaped curve. It's, you know, it's kind of, you're really focused on what we would call our smallest viable market. And even when you look at, when you look at online reviews on things, you'll see that it's either the people that really love you or the people that really hate you have anything to say about you. Those people someplace in the middle are, you're right, they're the ones who are going to switch. Right. And by the way, some of the people, some of the people who hate you will come over and love you. If you think about it, this is like a, uh, maybe a bad expression, but a bad, a, bad, a bad example. But years and years and years ago, uh, the idea of a straight guy wearing an earring, well, like, you, you wouldn't do that. You just absolutely wouldn't do that. And, you know, guys would say the worst things to men who were wearing earrings. And then, you know, 10 years later, those same guys are all wearing earrings. I mean, it's just really interesting how trends change people's points of view and uh, familiarity changes people's points of view. Uh, but you do have people who hate you who can come over and love you because they they understand the passion that you have for what you're doing and they come over, they come on board. Is this, is this targeted towards a younger demographic or you, or do do you even, or is it just someone who's environmentally responsible and is also looking to stay looking gorgeous? And I, you know, I I had to, for practicality stamp reasons, Mm -hmm. put an age group because, you know, to, to, to do marketing, with the limited funds that we have, we have to be laser focused. Uh, so we say that the, the age group, the sweet spot is like 28 to 34. You know, mm-hmm. that's just, but really it's more of a psychographic thing. It's about wellness and it's about caring for your skin and uh, caring for the environment and uh, caring for people. And, and that's who we're trying to talk to. And that, of course, is there's no age limit on that. Are you using a lot of digital in your in your marketing? Yeah, a lot of digital. Um, and you know, we test, we test nonstop. And that's what's great about digital. You know, you, I know. We, in the old, in the old, again, I hate to keep talking about the old days. No, I, 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 I wasn't around during those old days. I just read about it in textbooks. Wait, are, there, are, are, are there even textbooks? Am I dating myself again? I double dated <laughs> myself. Oh my God. Um, you no, know, I mean, if, if you want to do a TV ad, you do all this testing and stuff and print ad, you do all this testing. Now you can test digital relatively inexpensively see what people think, make changes on the fly and change. It's, it's been an amazing process. I love it. Are you, are you using any influencer marketing? Uh, we, we, we don't want to pay for influencers, so we don't. And we do have influencers who, who speak on our behalf and uh, who love the product. And if you love it, please, great. And you know, we'll share all their virtues, all the wonderful things they're doing too. But uh, we haven't gone the route of paying influencers to, to do our marketing for us. At least not yet. You know, I I just, there's a difference between if you have, there's a big difference to me in, I love what you're doing. I, I want to be part of what you're doing. Uh, I believe so much in this brand and what stands for the products and then being compensated for that. I think that's a wonderful thing. If it's just your business model to do as many brands as possible that's something I'm not interested in. You know, you have to, you have to be in it or else it's just disingenuous. I love it. I love, I love your philosophy. So you've gone from working for major skincare lines 
Yeah. Big ones, big ones, big ones. To being the owner of a small indie brand and essentially launching a few months before the pandemic? Was it yeah. January 2020? Do I have that right? Yeah. What is that been like? Any well, lessons? I'm sure you've learned a lesson or two. Through I, I've learned the first lesson I learned, and I hope everyone who um, is listening to this really writes this one down is don't ever launch before a major global pandemic. <laughs> uh, just, it's just, unless you're doing something that's about the pandemic, no, that was, that was, that was unfortunate, but you know, it makes you also sharpen what you're trying to do. You know, a lot of people talk about how they pivoted. You know, we didn't pivot. We just went in deeper to what the brand was. You know, we talked about like, you know, we'd have pro- our product up and say like, detox and chill instead of Netflix and chill, you know, using the Netflix. <laughs> so we had fun with that. Um, and then we did a lot of, you know, communication about mass needs. So it was about trying to become something else. I've had companies come up to me, hey, Mike, you want to you wanna create some hand sanitizers or selling that? And I go, well, that's not my business. I'm not in the hand sanitizer business. Well, you can make money. Yeah, but that's not my business. You know, it's, it's, so I, we didn't lose, um, we didn't lose focus on that. You know, we had to, we just went deeper into what the brand was. But I think, you know, going from a big company to a small company, it is not for the faint of heart. It's a 24-7 endeavor. Um, and it is, if you have the passion, have the energy and the resources, it's the most rewarding thing in the world. And it's been so rewarding to me. If you don't have the passion, the energy, the resources, it's, it, it could be damaging. Um, the other thing is, it's your, it's your baby. And the only one's going to talk you out of it at the end of the day is you. Um, and people can say, hey, it's a great idea. People say, that's a terrible idea. At the end day, it's you. So I always tell people, like, have very, very strong opinions, lightly held. So go in with a very strong point of view of what you want to do, but be very, very open to different comments. It doesn't mean like you say, oh, you're right, this is stupid, don't do it. But hey, I never thought about that. Maybe we do need to do that. Maybe I should do that. So you have to go in with strength, but also be open. Um, And one of my biggest learnings is some of your best friends, some of your best friends in the industry, some of your best friends in general, will completely let you down. And Mm -hmm. some of the people who were colleagues you were friendly with or people you just met will come out of the blue and do the most amazing things for you. And just... Be good to everybody. Be helpful to everybody. Um, but it, it, it's almost it's it's very it's very hard to wrap your hands around when people you kind of expected would help you uh, let you down, and other people are like again like godsends. They come into your life and unsolicitedly help you because they see something in you and something in the product they just want to help. And I've I've had both. Um, and it's, just been, it's been amazing. I could not agree with you more. I remember when I first left corporate, I had such a similar experience. It was people that I thought would really help me and be there were just non-existent. All of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, well, you can't really help me with what I'm doing now. And then people that would were almost strangers would wind up yeah. helping. And it's just a very, I think it, and I found the, I found the older I get is that the, 
any, any time I've been in a difficult situation, the same thing happens. It's like you get this unexpected help. And then there's people that you're like, really? Like, how did that, where are you? What, what you know, I, I, I thought I could count on you. And I, and, and I'm a very generous person to the people that are in my life. So it was, it's more of a, a kind of a double shock. I, I'm the same way. I'm someone, someone, Hey Mike, I've got this idea. Hey, I'll, let's have lunch. I'll, I'll take you through it. Like I'll, I'll help anybody uh, to a fault. I actually had to pull myself back and tell people who I didn't know who found out about me through a third person. Hey, listen, happy to give you a half hour and talk to you about it. And then we can take it from there. But the days of like spending a whole afternoon with somebody I don't know is, is because I, because the time I'm spending with someone else is time I'm not spending on my stuff. So I had to find the right balance and I have found the right balance. But I mean, there's this one guy I worked with early on and we used to butt heads like crazy. And he came back and he's been one of my biggest advocates and friends and helpers. And I love him to death. And it just, it's just shocked me. Um, so, so it doesn't mean that the people who let you down don't love you and don't, aren't still your friends. It's just that, their priorities have changed because you play a different role in their lives than it did before. Well said. And the other big lesson I have is every day is day one. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you'll have a, you have a bad day, you can have a bad, but every day, like you, you, there's something you should have done two months ago and you realize you didn't do it. It's okay. Today's day one. Today's um, day one. Yeah. And I think the last lesson is breathe. Always a good idea. <laughs> it's such an underrated. It's underrated. It's, underrated. it's just, just so like, underrated. Just, just stop and breathe. Um, but uh, it, it's been great. And, um, you know, it's so funny. One, one thing I wanted to do, and hopefully I will do this, is on my website is to do a thank you page. I just have the name of every single person who's helped me in some way, shape, or form on this um, because I just want just to say thank you, to let them know that I, I care. And I, it's in my head. I just feel like at one point I just need to put it all on on my site and just say, "Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, David." No, I, I, it's it's another lost art of simply saying thank you to the people that that needed a thank you. Um, so I just want to switch for a little bit before we start to wind up here. How have you managed personally through this pandemic? Oh, Where I can't believe it's almost a year now, almost officially a year. It's just kind of crazy. Well, I, I I've, I've been fortunate because I. I I, I live by myself and I know that if you, um, you know, if, if you're in a small apartment and, you know, you have, you know, a lot of people living there, children or animals, if your relationship, so those things are really challenging and financially I'm okay. So I don't have those. So without those pressures, I'm, I'm ahead of the game. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, but you're also pretty social as, 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 yeah. I yeah, so I, but I, I've been putting all my energy into this, mm-hmm. and quite there honestly, you like you look at a situation, and this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, given this is the way it is, what's the best way to manage through this? And I feel fantastic. I I I, I do what I call a prison workout, which is every <laughs> hour and a half. I'm doing push ups, sit ups, and pull ups, and jump rope, and uh, so I'm keeping my weight. My 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 nutrition is great. I'm actually in maybe the better shape than I was than before. Um, and uh, the people I care about, we find a way to talk and get together. Um, and I still see my father twice a week, go up to the Bronx and see him. So uh, the family's good and um, managing through all this well. 
There you go. Um, so I, one more question and then we'll wrap up because I know you are a busy guy. What advice do you have for anyone listening who's thinking about venturing out on their own? Do it. If you really have the passion, you have the resources, do it. Uh, there might not be another opportunity. And um, there's someone, I, I, I hate to end this on, on a somber note, but um, I, when I was at one of the larger companies, I knew what role I would have if I stayed there till the end. I didn't really want that role. And the guy who had that role was a really great guy. That's not what I wanted. Anyway, long story short, the guy wound up passing away. And, and I kept thinking, God, I, if, if, I, if I go tomorrow, I would not be the least bit regretful of what I've done. I'm so proud of what I've done on this project, on, on Hear Me Raw. If I go tomorrow, I'd be so happy. I would hate to go thinking, I hate my job. Ten more years, I can retire. Like I, I, that, That's just a, that, that mindset is death. And I, and I just, you want to be so happy what you're doing. So there's never the right time, right? You can't wait for it. If, the, if you can do it now, do it now. If you if it's going to take you two years to put together, do it in two years. If you're working and you want to save some money to then do it, then do that. But if you but go for it, this is your life. Go for it. I, uh, I, now I have another question. I was going to wrap it up, but I have to ask you this: Do you think your corporate experience has helped you more than if you had not had that corporate experience? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs think they can go right out of you know they they quit college or they've just done college and they want to start out on their own, and then there's the other philosophy is get some real world experience. I'm just curious. I, I think, I think having both is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, they just, I don't know if you saw what happened in Pennsylvania. They outsourced the giving out of vaccines to this. I did. It was crazy. I mean, you know, you know, this young guy, not that the young guy couldn't do it, but like he was entrusted with something that was so important to the welfare of, of the entire state. You know, it's crazy. Like, how do you give it to someone who doesn't have the experience, proved experience to do that? I think it's good to, it's, it's really good to have both. Uh, and for me, when I'm coaching the people who do work here, I can give them a lot of that strategic classic, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, coaching, you know, uh, on how to, you know, on whether it's objectives versus strategies or, you know, or what's the creative idea behind that, that you wouldn't necessarily have. Uh, and what they bring is all the stuff I don't have. So it, it, it's really it's really having the, the mix of the two, I think, is so important. Thank you so much, Mike. So where can people find you and find Hear Me Raw? You can find me in Soho. I'm the tall, <laughs> skinny guy with the big nose and curly hair and the weird mask. If you want to find Hear Me Raw, just go on hearmeraw.com. And, um, you know, just give it a shot. Try it. If you love it, write a review. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I would love to go share it with you and give you all a discount if I could figure out how to do that with you, Joanne. Be able to give everyone a discount code. I don't know if that works, um, but um, yeah, just give it a try and and uh, I wish you all the best. You guys, you know, follow your dreams and go after them. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note. Info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember... 
whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there. <laughs> 